sometimes talking to your friends and talking to mom and dad is usually not the best thing because they might not have done what you want to do. They might not have the same dreams as you or drive as you. And so、oh. if you listen to them, they're speaking from their view and their perspective and their limitations that they're、oh. trying to push onto you. Welcome to our first episode of Real Life Pivotal Moments, the best place for you to learn, listen, and grow from people's stories and their journey towards their true self. I am super excited and I'm super grateful that you take our time out of your day, out of your evening, to join us today because I am. Thrilled to introduce you to one of my close friends and also mentor, who I met in Silicon Valley, the founder of Career Hacker Secrets, where he has helped thousands of students land their dream jobs. He's also one of the top hundred global product marketing influencers in this world. Welcome to the show, Yannick Poda. I'm super happy to be here. I think it's been a really interesting journey, and I'm very happy to be able to share a couple of lessons learned along the way. Yeah. Man, Yannick, I'm genuinely excited for this audience to get to know you because I personally have transformed my life in a way that I have never imagined. Your structured way and focused way and diligence towards becoming your best self has been very contagious. And so,、um, you know, my journey in Silicon Valley that most of the listeners know about how I went from this guy who was jumping around to this guy who started to be focused and structured, have a different mindset, was definitely contributed by you a lot. So thanks for that. Thank you, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, inspiration only goes,、uh, you know, a long way. At the end, you have to take the action, and I think that you've been, you know, one of the folks that have like really taken so much, and you've completely transformed, or I should say, evolved、uh, over the years. And it's just incredible to see how much you've done and how much you're still going to do in the coming years ahead. We've seen each other grow and and motivate each other, and that's why I'm I'm just generally super excited for the audience to get to know you. I see a lot of books in your background that you've been reading. They are not just for decoration, by the way. For those who are listening, he's actually <laughs> reading those books, and it's crazy. And I know that it's not always been that way. For you've not always been that guy who was setting the goals, really pursue them diligently, and who loves reading and self improvement. Walk me through, like, what happened during that time for you to become top hundred influencer in product marketing? Like, how did you start it? Like, what was your journey before? Um, you know, I'm very, very multicultural. So my parents are from West Africa.、Uh, I、uh, I grew up in the Washington D.C. area, and I went to a French international private school. I was there, so grew up really already with you know a variety of of different perspectives in life, multicultural values,、uh, just in general. Because when you're at home, you're pretty much in Africa. When you're in the streets, you're in the U.S.、Uh, and when you go To school, you're in France.、Wow. You you know you grew up already with so many different types of、uh, perspectives, and I think that contributed a lot. Also, you know, obviously we're we're immigrants. You know, even though I grew up in the states since I was the age of of three, when you're growing with parents that are you know that are immigrants, obviously they have that hard worker mentality, and you know obviously they've done so much to be able to leave from where they were in Africa to now being you know in the U.S. in a top company and so on. And I think I already kind of captured that hunger from my family. I think、um, one of the things is sometimes when you're seeing people and you're surrounding do great things, sometimes you think,、oh, okay, well, it's gonna, I'm going to do it too, and it's going to be automatic. Actually, it's not. You still have to do the work. Someone that you know is successful that you're going to be successful too. I think you still have to do the work. And one of the biggest early pivotal moments I had was I went to this French private school, like I just mentioned, and everyone who graduates from the school. Typically, they all go to Canada, Montreal. I don't know why,、mm-hmm. just because it's a French-speaking area, and 
most of my friends, my brothers, they're my brother's friends, like everyone who went to my French school would go to that school. That was my first pivotal moment because I thought, oh man, it's automatic. Everyone's going there. I'm going to go there too. And so on. And so you can imagine that like, I only applied to like two universities and it was only those two universities. And the story went that I didn't get in. It felt like a complete failure. I was like, I'm the only idiot who is not going to McGill, who's not going to Concordia. My brothers are there. My friends are there. Previous alumni from that school are there too, mm. and I'm not going. And I remember I was 18. I was crushed. It was like the first time where I was really like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, I got denied because I just didn't put in the work. I didn't do a great application. I didn't, you know, write a great cover or letter and all these things. The, the, the lesson I learned there is that you actually do need to put in the work to see the result that you want to have. And I remember I was, it was like a week after the rejection, I was still in my room. I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do with my life? And my mom came in and she was like, Hey, well, what about the American business school in France? And that one question completely changed the course of my life. I was like, okay, let me take a look. And then I saw it and it just completely opened my perspective in life. Whoa, what if I go to the American school in France and Europe? And then, mm. and then I did, and I, and I went there for a year and I met a great mentor and, you know, there's been a lot of other moments after that, but that was one of the biggest moments after that setback, seeing that the setback actually opened an opportunity for something even bigger was a big lesson I learned along with you actually need to put in the work. And so when I was in Europe, I said, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to show you guys the vibe that I have, you know, uh, get the hunger and energy to do whatever I need to do to prove my value. Yeah. What I love about this is Yannick is 18 years old. He goes to Canada because he believes because his parents and everyone else was doing it. Oh, this is the right thing to do. But honestly, you had no idea what was the right thing to do. It was just like follow the stream in a certain way. You get completely yeah. crushed because it doesn't work out for you. And now we are like, what? Like almost 10 plus years later. And we look back and we laugh about it. Look what happened to you today. And we feel like, wow, at that moment, we feel crushed. We feel like desperate. But then when we look back, uh -huh. it all makes sense. The idea of someone coming in and we always talk about like random things coming in there and that was also your belief but actually what happened was your mom just randomly that moment asking you hey what about france and that changed the the course of your life that was your pivotal moment yeah. during that time and it can happen exactly. so fast that we sometimes don't even know that it's happening or what is causing it i went to university of liverpool because after a year of living in paris where just a lot of interesting things would happen where you know, you go to a restaurant and they'll serve the white family instead of, you know, you were there waiting, but they just like decided to choose the family first because, you know, I guess they're white and they're family and you're black and, you know, and you're your, your other black friend. No, this was Paris. Oh, wow. This is Paris. Even one time I was in the metro and some people got up and moved to the other side. That inspired me to, you know, relocate to the UK. I mean, there were moments of racism there too, believe it or not. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was such a great experience. I learned so much from being in an international setting and, and being in the UK. How has that impacted your self-worth and your mindset and your self-belief? I felt that society was rejecting me. Mm -hmm. I felt that I was cast as an inferior person that had less value to mm -hmm. offer. 
After living in the, in Paris for a year, one of the things we noticed by the end of the last like the last three months is that when we would speak English instead of speaking French, people would love us. They would be so nice and just like smile. But whenever we were speaking French, people were so mean. And so we learned really quickly that if you want to get good service, speak English, because you're you're going to be a product of the environment you're in. Um, and if the environment is not giving you opportunities, not recognizing your value, then you know you're you're going to be passed up on a lot of opportunities. You're not going to get the level of development that you would want to get. And so we decided let's just relocate. Okay. Again, like I mentioned, with that previous failure that I had had in high school, I had that hunger and that drive. Um, and so I continued to work my butt off in school. But to be honest, that's also when I started getting really interested in entrepreneurship. So I started hosting events and doing fashion shows with uh, with friends and stuff. And that's a whole other side. But I think Liverpool was really good for experimenting different areas of who I wanted to become. Uh, I met just so many people at the time. I also, my, um, you know, I had a girlfriend from Russia at the time and we then relocated back to the U.S. because we wanted to like, you know, land great, great jobs in the U.S. And so that's where the second really big pivotal moment happens in my life is when I come back to the U.S. after several years of living in Europe, speaking French, Spanish, going really, really good in school and doing side projects, I come back to the States. And this is the second biggest pivotal moment is that it takes me about six months job searching and I still can't find a job. This is crazy because, you know, my girlfriend and I were like, okay, you know, we're graduating really high in the class. We have all these extra experience. Um, we're going to come back to the States. Everyone's going to really like love our profile. And the reality is that we couldn't even land a single interview because, you know, we hadn't gone to schools in the U.S. We had gone to school internationally. And in the U.S., it's really about who you know and which ne- which school is connected to which type of companies. My you know, resume didn't say Harvard or, or, or whatever kind of school is in, uh, is in the U.S. People couldn't care less. I would apply and, and they would never get on anyone's desk. You know, during those six months of job searching, we were pretty much staying at my parents' home during that time. My parents kind of kicked us out. They're like, okay, you guys gotta, you guys gotta roll out. And so (laughs) she went back to Russia and she found a job right away. It was crazy. So you have like all my friends from Europe that are landing amazing jobs at the top companies. Here we are six months. I can't find even an interview of a great job. So I had really good grades and I had extracurricular activities, side projects, side businesses I had done while out there and I spoke multiple languages and it still didn't matter because my resume wasn't landing on anyone's desk. After her getting a job and then she's in Moscow, I'm in Washington, DC. It's like a, you know, eight hour time difference, something crazy. We basically couldn't sustain our relationship and we ended up breaking up and that completely crushed me. So that was the second biggest setback. I found myself really thinking about okay, what's going on here? You know, you have a great profile, you've done so much and you can't even land a single interview. I applied to over hundred jobs, wrote so many cover letters, here I am and I can't even get in front of the, the right person to speak to. And that's when I started to spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. You know what, there's some people who are doing amazing things, they're finding great jobs. And I started looking at LinkedIn and after a while of just analyzing star profiles and so on, uh, I realized that LinkedIn is just a search engine, just like Google. And the name of the game is to get found. That's it. Can it be the best person for a role? But if no one knows you, no one can find you, though you're not getting access to the opportunity. And that's when that day uh, I decided that from that day on, I would never apply to a job anymore. And I would completely flip the switch to have jobs come to me. Wow. Uh, and that's when I started studying. Yeah, it was like, a, it was a big, big switch that flipped. And I was like, I'm going to stop applying and I'm just going to build a brand. I'm going to attract opportunities. Um, I'm going to basically uh, be a marketer uh, and I'm the product. 
and uh, I need to get found. I need to find customers. I need to find opportunities. I need to generate leads. And that's how I started to, to think fast track. You know, I went from six months with zero interviews to basically since doing all that stuff, having three interviews every single day. And that wow. completely catapulted, you know, the amount of opportunities I had. And that's when I launched my career in B2B tech sales at Dell. That is crazy. And I resonate with this story so much. I got a sponsorship that went for three years. You were switching between work and study. Then I got experience within Pfizer and still after three years having my bachelor, I was not able to land a job. I was desperately looking. And I think this is a pivotal wow. moment that many, many people have because we think like, hey, yeah. after college, if we just have good grades, that's all we need. And, you know, the job market will come to us. And I love what you've just shared is you have to put in the work. You have to own your life in order to get where you want. And so that's something that I that I think is beautiful. Where I want to go deeper in how is this mindset going to happen? Like most of the people, even including me during that time, having all those experience around your environment that is just completely not serving the purpose that you want to do. And maybe you are even at a stage where you don't know what to do. How can yeah. you persist your mindset? And how did you make that switch saying, I'm just going to attract jobs now to me. Work me through like what happened internally, emotionally and mentally with you during that stage. The setback in high school, for sure, going into college, the lesson learned was you got to put in the hard work. The lesson I learned then when I was in at university, my first year in Paris, I found a, uh, a mentor who was at the university where I was going. And he was just super inspiring. He was an empowering person. His name is Hervé Dacosta. And, uh, you know, this guy, he was like my first real mentor, coach, someone who I saw and my eyes was just kind of like glowing because this guy was just radiating so much positivity, energy, sky's the limit. You know, I would always spend time asking him questions, running him emails. If I had five minutes after class, I'd ask him a couple of questions. And being close to that energy really is what uh, helped me survive through that year. And he said, Because one of the things I wanted to do was also go to uh, an environment that was challenging more where I had more opportunities. And I think so having someone in your corner, whether it's a mentor or coach, someone he has access to who's fueling positive energy is really important because, you know, you're, you're right. If you're in an environment that's kind of tough emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, even you need to find another source that's bringing you that light. And, and for me, that was him at that time. One of the things I also learned during that time is that I decided at that time that I would never put uh, my financial future in the hands of someone else. I would never uh, apply and wait and wait for a job to come to me and wait for, you know, value to be created. I would always be responsible moving forward to creating my own value, creating my own income, creating my own opportunities. And I think what's really important you know, for the, all the listeners is that the major setbacks are the ones that will give you the most amount of learnings. If you take a moment to stop and like revisit what happened, make peace with it and determine how you will change things moving forward. And having that moment of reflection at these really big setbacks throughout your life makes the big difference. So that already is, I'm coming in now with okay, you know, I'm never going to, you know, put my, my financial uh, future in the hands of someone else. Like there's still a programming in you. There's still this role self of Yannick who has been developed over the course of the years. What practices or what habits do you put in to make sure that you are really living those things and not fall back? How do you make sure that you keep up with the promise you make yeah. for yourself? One, get a journal. Um, get a journal. It's really important because you want to write, you want to write this stuff down. If you just say it, it's not somewhere you can come back to. So it's really important to write down. Okay. What was my goal? 
what happened? Was I able to achieve it or not achieve it? What am I going to do differently uh, moving forward? And so uh, that's something that I learned a lot from one of my mentors called Darren Hardy. He was like a really big mentor of mine. Uh, he wrote a book called Compound Effect. He had a multitude of courses, programs, seminars that he sold. And I've attended and bought a couple of his books and attended a couple of his seminars. And one of the biggest things he had was, you know, to, to definitely make sure you have a journal. And so one of the things that I would do is have that journal where I would set my top three goals for the week or top three goals for the year. And then I would build it, uh, break it down to small steps or daily action items. And so I would be very, very concrete with my action items. And I would say, how many times should I do it this week? And then at the end of the week, I would basically look at my, I would open up my, um, uh, my journal and then basically tick how many times uh, I went to the gym, how many times I drank water or whatever, all these different things, specifically the number. And then I would say, okay, so what were the wins of the week? What were the challenges of the week? What are the lessons that I learned and what should I do next? So that moment uh, where I would always come back and check in myself on a weekly basis was very helpful. The other thing is that every single morning or as often as I could, because obviously life happens sometimes, I would just look at the, my list of goals. And not only look at the goals, but also write down why I'm doing this, why it's important for me. Those are the kind of things that just kept me centered and kept me back uh, to being focused on what it is I want to do. It's, it's hard, not because it's, it's, it's a hard act to do, but I think the hardest part is doing it every day because that's what gives you consistency. But uh, these are the small little things that make differences in my life is checking in with myself every week. Um, and tracking my progress every day and uh, reconnecting with my why and my goals as well every day. Most people do journaling. They're aware of the concept of journaling. They are the, aware of the concept of setting smart goals and follow them. But many people don't follow through. There's yeah. even statistics saying that just a handful of percentage set New Year's resolution and then, you know, they fall off really quickly in the first quarter. Walk me through what happens mentally emotionally within you when you when there are days where you feel like oh I know I have to work out today but I really don't want to do it like how do you keep yourself motivated one uh, for anyone struggling as well to with goals and action items you know daily I think one important element that I had is um, I had a, a accountability partner so at the end of every week on Sunday we would have a call for 30 minutes where we would actually share what were our wins what were our challenges what were our lessons learned and did we do what we said we would do And that brought in the pressure because I'm like, man, at the end of the week, I got to tell this guy that I did it or didn't do it. Um, and he has to do the same. And that exchange of 30 minutes, which I also learned through Darren Hardy's program that was called Insane Productivity, was mm -hmm. to have that accountability partner because it adds another element of, of pressure. Because if it was just yourself, if you're not someone who necessarily does good at committing with yourself, sometimes you commit more to others. And so the pressure of committing to someone else will make you have to do something. Uh, and, and so that's another thing that was really helpful whenever I'm reading. I mean, I always see me reading a book as a conversation between me and the author. And I think it's also because I'm an introverted guy. Uh, it's very like for you, Luke, it's very easy to go out there and talk to someone and you meet a dream cool guy and just say something and or a girl. Uh, I think for me, I'm always a bit introverted. And so I always relied on just kind of like books, programs, courses, podcasts uh, to get my training you set your goal but why do you want to do this you know you want to get healthy but why is this important well maybe because you just want to be in peak shape because you know typically there's studies that show that people who are attractive and in shape tend to get access to better opportunities it's superficial it sucks i think it's really really important that you connect to your why and that you revisit your why every day and i remember um man it's 5 a.m the alarm rings 
and I know I got to go to the gym and I don't want to, <laughs> but I have to, I have no other option but to get up and go to the gym because getting up and going to the gym is not just about getting up and going to the gym. It's about the mental strength that is being built to do probably one of the strongest activities the first thing in the morning. For me, it would build my mind. Yes, it's building my body, but it's building my mind and it's helping me become even stronger because, man, I'm walking, getting up at the gym, I'm lifting these heavy ass weights. Uh, I hate it, but, you know, this is building, it's building who I am and who I want to be. Uh, and so those are kind of the moments when you connect with that why at some point it's like you just have no other options but to go out there and do it. And, and you build it through motion. You know, it's not something that happens right away, mm. but uh, you build that level of commitment to make it happen. You are an INTJ and I am an ENFP and, you know, we complement with each other perfectly for those people who love the Myers-Briggs personality. What we used to do in Silicon Valley, and I think this, this goes back to 2018 or 19, we wake up at 5 a.m. and I know exactly the alarm clock goes on and you're already up. I can hear you moving around, you know, making your shake, doing your morning routine, whatever. I'm still in bed. I'm like, oh my God, I really don't want to get up. It's like 5 a.m. I'm normally someone who wakes up at 10 a.m. or something like that. But I know, <laughs> hey, this guy is an INTJ. He's so structured. He's going to be out of this door by 5.20. Not a minute less, not a minute later. So if I don't get my ass off, like off the bed right now, like he's gone. And I miss like the whole morning routine and all this stuff. So we would wake up at five together. We would leave the apartment at 5.20. And then we would go to the gym, work out. We would have a shower. We would have our breakfast together. Um, then we would meditate. And then we would start reading like this whole, I guess, four hours or even five hours of morning routine. That sounds crazy to people. But when we started our job at 9 a.m. back in the days in Silicon Valley, everyone just like, slowly got up out of bed they slowly started the day and we almost like won the day already right and i, I remember that feeling that was incredible like i completely agree yeah. with the idea of like hey you mental you emotional state like, i won my day for myself i took the time out of myself so i i really like that idea and it's the beginning that is really tough it's the beginning yeah. that that is trying to hold you back because it's uncomfortable. It's it's something that is not you in a certain way. And just like really building up the momentum and trust the process is something that keeps you going. What happened with this Yannick, who um, was truly inspired by someone else, who has an incredible mindset and then moved to Silicon Valley? Like what happened in, be, in between that story? At some point being about two years at Dell, I was like, man, you know, I really want to, I love this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial stuff I'm learning, but I feel like I could learn from more experienced people. And I knew that I wanted to relocate to Silicon Valley because this was like the world of tech where, you know, all the entrepreneurs, the big companies, the big brands, the people who came from nothing and built, you know, uh, generational wealth. There's so many of them over there in New York and, and San Francisco. And so I decided to, uh, to relocate. You know, that was a, a pretty big moment because, you know, of my thirst to become an, entre an entrepreneur and uh, my drive to be able to build a, a life that's going to generate to be generational uh, wealth. All the lessons I learned, all the setbacks really prepared me for this move because I was like, I'm determined to never put my financial freedom in the hands of someone else. So I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to be able to, to build a strong financial life and that's what inspired me to move to, uh, to San Francisco. You set this goal, which is incredible. And it's like a really high goal, right? Like, I don't want to apply anymore. I want people to come to me. I'm sure that self-doubt comes in, right? Is this the right path? Is this the oh, right yeah. way to do? How did you deal with self-doubts and overthinking during that time? 
when you're setting a stretch goal by default, you know that there's a lot of growth that needs to happen. And you know that you're going to face a lot of challenges and the challenges are actually what's going to help you grow. By default, I know I'm kind of way out of my league. I'm doing something that I've never done before. And my number one thing that I need to do is to find somebody who's already done it. Whether it's through a book, through a conference, through a YouTube video, through a program, go find someone who's done it. Uh, because then you don't have to feel like you have to figure this out as you go. You can literally learn from someone who's already done it. And I would literally send a message and just ask, hey, so, you know, how'd you land this job? How do you like it? What's challenging? What do you love about it? What's next for you? Uh, what skills did you learn? What skills did you wish you would have had? Um, all these different things. And so as you spend time learning from people who are either living what you want to do or they've done it already, uh, that's where you get your, your inspiration from and your direction from because now you're not wasting time doing things. And so that helped a lot as well from my internal uh, doubts and my imposter syndrome mm -hmm. because I was like, man, who am I? I'm going to go to California, Silicon Valley with all these guys who went to Harvard, Stanford, who worked at BCG, Bain Consulting, and I'm going to come here uh, and do what exactly? And so you have a lot of that internal self-doubt. It's really important to reach out to people and talk about it and if you reach out to the right people, they tend to inspire you and, and, um, and back your goals as supposed to bring you down. And this is where sometimes talking to your friends and talking to mom and dad or uncle or auntie is usually not the best thing because they might not have done what you want to do. They might not have the same dreams as you or drive as you. And so if you listen to them, they're speaking from their view and their perspective and their limitations that they're uh. trying to push onto you. That is uh, so beautiful. So it's very, <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, it's really, really important to just kind of like take everyone out and only listen to people who have done what you want to do and who are either living it now or have done it in the past. Like, that's it. That saved me a bunch from, wow. you know, bad advice and heartaches. Uh, wow. This is truly amazing. So you overcame self-doubt and overthinking by you, you by really researching putting in your curiosity on finding the people who have done what you wanted to do, really study their life, their pain, their processes, and learn from them. So you really came to that stage where you chose the right environment for you. And with choosing the right environment, it also means making sure that the wrong environment that is not serving you is not affecting you in a way that you can't pursue your goal. One more thing I want to add to that is also uh, uh, you have to learn to be more compassionate with yourself. I think that's something really hard, especially for the men, you know, you want to be hard and just kind of like go on and, and, but I think it's very important to not beat yourself down when you don't reach your goal, when you don't do what you wanted to do, when you didn't wake up at 5am, when you didn't go to the gym, when you didn't reach out to that person. I think it's important because at the end of the day, we're all human. We will all make mistakes. We all have bad days. Uh, what's really important is not having a bad day. It's how long does it take to get you to get yourself back up after that bad day? Mm. Um, and I also learned that from Darren Hardy, like everyone falls off their horse. The question is, how long is it going to take you to get back on your horse? Is it going to wow. be a day? Is it going to be five days? Is it going to be a year? Right. Um, I've had setbacks and I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm just like, you know, waddling in my own kind of self pity for a week. And I'm like, okay, I need to get back in there. Let's go, you know, cause you're just wasting time. And, um, you know, failure is normal. Uh, and at the end of the day, most people who retrieve great things, they had never done it before. And so by default, you know, you're growing and that, that's part of the growth journey is doing it scared and, and doing it anyway. What's your method to, to get up to a horse? 
Uh, I don't know, man. I've had some time where I was off my horse for a long time. Like, um, you know, we didn't get into this yet, but, you know, one was like a really big entrepreneurial journey kind of flopped. Um, and uh, it took me about two years and a half before I got back on the entrepreneurial journey because it was such a bad blow. And so sometimes it did take me a long time, but most of the time, I mean, it's being surrounded by people who are helping. And so the reason why I like programs is because typically you're surrounded with people who are doing the same things as you are, who want to launch your business, who want to do this podcast, who want to do this thing. And so you're surrounding yourself with energy. And so when you're having a bad day, someone else is having a good day and you can bounce off of that. And so the accountability partner that I had at the end of the week, every week was so important because sometimes I had a horrible week and then he had a great week and he's like, oh man, don't worry, man. This is just one week out of 365 days. You know, after 52 weeks of the, of the of the year like you're good man let's get back on it it's all about those those steady steps and so surrounding yourself with with people um really really helped me out um for sure because it's like and don't get me wrong there were days where we both had bad weeks um and then we're, we're still trying to like you know keep ourselves moving forward but that's where really accountability having someone there with you was for me very helpful are you having a low moment are you overthinking dealing with self-doubts you are people-pleasing, or you are on your journey of finding yourself and you're looking for an accountability partner, a coach to turn your low moment into your pivotal moment, then please shoot me a message at instagram.com slash lukewshu or write me an email at lukewshu at gmail.com. I'd love to get to know you. I think what most people and those people who are listening struggle with is if we set really high goals, almost intimidating high goals the intimidation is sometimes so real that you get exhausted you get stressed out you know you get burned out by reaching a goal that you set for yourself your body's telling you hey you know just give up it's fine your reconnection with your why doesn't seem so strong anymore so you fall off the horse but i'm more curious yeah. if you don't have that accountability partner what practices do you do for yourself I and mean, we heard journaling before to make sure that you know you keep up that motivation you balance your life to not be too stressed or not too devastated on the pursuit of your journey towards your goal what is yannick doing by himself if it's not about accountability partner yes you're setting yourself up for failure if the goal is just completely ridiculous um so it's important to kind of if you have that tendency of doing that like i did like you know uh, turn it down a notch uh just so that you're already setting yourself up for a bit more breathing, but I think it's really important to set a goal where it's like, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. It's that right balance to the both. And that's when you know you're going in the right direction. Then the most important thing is to break it down into milestones. Okay. So you have a quarter, let's say, what are you going to do in this quarter? What's your goal? Month one, month two, month three, right? Very clear one-liners. Um, and then what are the kind of things that you need to do in between and kind of having that clarity and structure um, was really important. Uh, just to make sure I'm going in the right line. The other thing was also not to tra uh, trust your emo emotions when you are uh, assessing your performance, because sometimes you're like, oh man, I had a great week just because you signed one great client. But then you look mm -hmm. at your actual metrics and they totally suck. You're actually, mm -hmm. based on your papers, you're not doing too well. Or sometimes wow. you've had a, you, you know, <laughs> or sometimes you feel like you've had a horrible week uh, but then you look at your numbers like, Hey, no, actually you, you know, you made those calls you wanted to do, you made this, you made that. So don't worry. It's going to come. Sometimes it's better to remove the emotions when you're tracking your performance mm. so that you get away from your feelings and you get into the fact that was another thing that was very important to me because sometimes I'm like, Oh man, that's great, man. I had this 
one amazing call. And then I look at my numbers. Yeah, but my numbers actually kind of suck right now. So I'm <laughs> currently not doing well. Or like, oh man, I feel like a total failure. I didn't do anything this week. And then I look, dude, you read like, you know, you, you went to the gym five times. You read, uh, you know, six times this week. You did this and that. Like technically you're doing really good. Look, all your lessons learned already. Having a better mental coach to yourself, having a better positive conversation with yourself is very, very important because it's very easy to say like, oh man, I suck. I didn't do that. I promised my girlfriend I was going to do this. I promised myself I was going to the gym. And you got to have to like really reel that back in there and be as positive as you can. Be your own coach in your own pocket for yourself. Be your best coach for yourself. That's what I would say. Wow. For everyone listening, just go back and listen to this, this again, what you just shared. I have fallen victim so many times on like looking at my goals on an emotional way. I would say like, oh, this was yeah. an amazing week because I just feel very, I feel productive. But yeah. when I look at the actual outcome, I was not productive. Or well, there yeah. were days where I just done a lot. Like I was literally working from the very mo morning to late at night. I've done a lot, but I was like, hey, I don't feel productive. And this wasn't a good day. And the people will look at me is like, what are you talking about? Like, what else could you have done today? And I love this quote from Bill Gates. He was saying that, People overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. So oh, it's about yeah, this. yeah. It's and I love one. this quote because it's exactly about, you know, that self-compassion when we beat ourselves up, that we are getting emotional with our goals and don't look at the long run. And what I love about, about you and how you set goals is not really chasing what you are, but more about like who you are. And mm -hmm. it's, it's your what, like what you are looks amazing. I know as, as one of your close friends is who you are hasn't just impacted your career. It also impacted your personal life and who you became as a person. And I would love to, I'd love to know this Yannick, who is clearly still influenced. Um, I would call it a role self, right? By his, by his parents' decision, by his environment and doing all the stuff that society wants. is now slowly going into courses, reading books, meeting the right people. And I, I sense a certain transformation because what you're doing right now with goals and all the stuff is truly you, right? So I see a transition to this Yannick from a role self to a huge true self through all the pivotal moments that you have been through. What were the two or three main things that really led you to be the true self you are today? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, I think for one is definitely surrounding yourself with as many different ex uh, different experiences as you can, like to actually go out and test things. Because one of the things is that you're also trying at the beginning, you almost kind of don't know who you are and you're trying to define who you want to be and what you want to do. And there's also the fact that there's so much you don't know because you've maybe never been in real estate. You probably maybe haven't launched a business yet or you haven't launched a podcast yet or you haven't broken into tech yet, whatever it is. There's so many things you haven't done. So there's so many different perspectives you haven't been exposed to. And so that was one of the things for me that helped me a lot is that when I got really into learning, um, I, realized, I realized that there's so many different things I don't know. You know, I invested in a stock program to learn about what stock trading is like. Um, you know, I, I ended up like, uh, you know, uh, launching a business that was focused on distributing items. I tried doing a a red carpet, like fashion show business. I did a bit of that too. So I just tried so many different things. And every time I was exposed to different people and different experiences that helped kind of shape, okay, I like that. I don't like that. Oh, I see that I'm really good when I'm in this situation. I'm really bad when I'm in that situation. Oh, this triggers me in a positive way. Oh, this triggers me in a negative way. Mm. And all of these different things have really helped me kind of really understand who I am at the core, where, where do I perform the best and what kind of environment. 
and one of the things that I that you know people you always hear is you know if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room and that's a very famous quote and that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to break into a company like LinkedIn because I knew that you know LinkedIn is LinkedIn and there's a lot of amazing people there um, and so that's one of the reasons as well like you know I'm always trying to surround myself with people who are much much uh, further away from me in life so that I can learn from those perspectives, make sure that I avoid mistakes that they've made. And all this kind of helps me become, you know, who I am. One group that I also invested in was the John Maxwell, because I wanted to learn how to become a speaker, a coach, a mentor. And I'm like, well, let me go like invest in a program and learn about it. So I put 5k down and I was like, surrounded with all these leadership coaches and speakers who were like, super famous and amazing and then you got this young kid that was probably the youngest there everyone was like gray haired and it was just literally just me and i just learned so much and so by learning with all these different experiences that's when i it helps me then really focus on what what i want to do when i don't want to do and then learning from mistakes every time i made a mistake and then i would sit down and revisit i'm like okay did you make a mistake because it was the wrong goal and you were doing something that society says that you should do or you pursued it just because it's the shiny object, or did you pursue it because this is really what you wanted at the core? Mm. And so all these different things of stopping and revisiting a win, but mostly a, a failure, uh, is when you can really dis- determine very quickly. You become experienced with your own self. You're like, oh, this is is this? Do I want to do this? Like hell yes, or do I do not want to do this? And it's a hell no. And for me, it's like if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. That already helps me out. If someone asks me to do something, if I can say, hell yeah, then it's a no. And so I start to just kind of have these, these moments uh, where I can easily make a decision based on patterns and previous history that I had already observed. Um, and these kind of things really help me make better decisions in the future. The crazy stuff about our society is this belief of, hey, you have to have figured things out already. Like you have to choose your college major, right? Like which college you want to go into? Which major do you want to do? What do you want to be when you are grown up? The society and even our parents, like I can talk for myself, is we are being really pushed into, hey, you have figured it out. And now if I look at other people from the older generation, like people who are 50 or 60, they even haven't figured it out. Like they haven't even truly yeah. figured out what they want because they have lived their role self all their life. That's why this whole podcast was created because we want to really go into the true self and do what we are really passionate about, what really sticks with us in a certain way. That's where most of us struggle. And even me included is the patience. It's the patience and the willingness to admit, hey, I haven't figured things out and I really just want to go and experiment and see what sticks with me. How did you practice the patient to, to trust yourself saying, hey, okay, I don't know my true self now. I don't really feel into my intuition, but I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting the process. I'm having the patience and really build my true self and this feeling towards it. Like, how did you develop this over time? You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? It's a very famous quote that you hear. I mean, it just wasn't built in a day and it's okay for you not to have all the answers that you, that society says you need to have, you know, when you're 16 or you turn 21 or turn 25 or turn 30 or 40, mm-hmm. you know, this is like specific moments in life where people, you know, there's like societal expectations made your first million by 30, uh, did this by 40, you know, have all these, you know, all this pressure, but the reality is like, you know, this is, it's um, the world that we're living in is, is, is very different. It's evolving. It's fast. 
fast paced. There's new opportunities being created all the time. New companies coming, disrupting complete industries and making other companies like completely irrelevant overnight. And so I think the fast pace of growth and opportunity is going to continue to grow. And so, you know, don't feel bad if you don't know the right answer or don't know the right path uh, right away, because you will always have more and more opportunities where you can continue to discover. The second thing is like, learn a day at a time. Um, and that's where for me, I'm always sitting down and kind of having those 10 minutes of meditation where I'm just trying to gain clarity on what is it that I actually really want to do? Um, what is it that I don't want to do? What are the things that I like, preoccupy in my mind? What are the things that kind of stress me out? And you usually get all that when you are, when you're trying to meditate and close, you know, have, you know, quiet time, uh, all of a sudden it becomes really loud in your head. All the, all, all these things are bouncing off of your mind, yeah. whether it's positive or negative. And you're like, no, I actually want to be quiet right now. Listening and accepting what's coming through your head is also a very good way of understanding subconsciously what's happening, where your thought process is, um, where are you spiritually at that time. So just, you know, having the patience and compassion with yourself to kind of learn daily, you know, revisiting at the end of the week, where do you really want to be and, and, and why uh, by the end of the week, by the end of the month, by the end of the quarter. These are all like things that kind of helps with patience. And I can tell you, I've been very impatient and it's normal for people to be very impatient because it's like every plus has a con. So if you're an ambitious person, by default, you're impatient. You want, you want stuff done right now. Uh, and Enough that's that just, perspective. That, it's, it's okay. That's, that's your con. And, and it's great. But that's also the reason why you, you uh, move so fast is because you're impatient. So mm -hmm. embrace that impatient, but be that impatience, but be compassionate with yourself and set the right expectations because you're not going to complete that marathon in a week. You know, it's, it's a marathon for a reason. The person who looks at a marathon in a 26 mile is going to fail. But the person who looks at a marathon and looks at it at a one mile at a time um, is going to be in a better situation to approach the situation and plan accordingly. No, if are you setting a, a hundred meter sprint goal right now, or are you setting a 26 uh, mile marathon? And so understanding what goal you're setting and what pace you need to operate at is also going to be very important for you. This is what, you know, really got me attracted to your energy and really, you know, transform myself is the idea of not randomly ending up completing the marathon somewhere. It's like really being intentionally and setting different milestones mile by mile focusing yeah. how can i get to the next milestone and you do it for, you you are a master in this and i hope that you know everyone's listening get inspired to do the same way because at the end of the day your life is proof to that i remember in the beginning of february you know you were clearly overweight your suit was not fitting anymore like you wouldn't be able to button up and all this stuff and you'd clearly you know gotten out of shape and you'd be like oh look that's no problem our stuff because i would always beat myself up if i you know have like lots of consistent cheat days and you'll be like oh look yeah that's no problem man end of june i'll be in shape i'll hit 100 something pounds i would have this percentage of body you know fat by the end of june that suit was almost too big and that's what i love about what you've been sharing in this podcast was not just things that you just say because they sound good it's you are living it on a consistent basis and that's why you know i love the idea of how intentionally you live your life by setting little little milestones making it a habit what helped me personally in our relationship is the idea that you shared with rome like there are two things and i think you don't even know about this is you've always told me when i had a down moment was hey look rome wasn't built over a day to give me perspective that it takes patience 
And even that we don't know how Rome is going to be built, have trust in yourself that you will figure it out, right? And just like, it's okay how long it's going to take, but it's going to happen if you put in the work. I think that's that's the perspective that I got. And then the other perspective around that same analogy is there are multiple ways that leads to Rome. It's this analogy, like Rome isn't built in one day and there are multiple ways to get to Rome. Okay, you know, job job searching and job hunting doesn't work for me all right, what's, what's other ways? And you don't know that there's another way because everyone's walking that mm. path, right? It's like this curiosity on like looking left and right. Hey, is there some other path for me to pursue that maybe lead other people to Rome and more suits my personal journey, my true self. And I think this yeah. is the beauty of life. And this is the, the perspective of abundance um, thinking that you have taught me and implemented in me. And so, you know, and I can just summarize that whole thing about accountability partner, having the right environment. And just like you being my roommate for um, three years during my second time was, was one of the reasons why I'm here today, having this podcast, being on social media, doing what I what truly resonates with me. And uh, I wanted to thank you for that. And, you know, there's so many yeah. good insights that have been shared today. And please go back and revisit this conversation anytime. And the last question to just to wrap up this episode is where can people find you online? For anyone out there who's like looking to really, um, you know, learn how to break into a top tech company or, you know, maybe pivot into a, another function or, or job. I think, uh, you know, where you can find me will be careerhackeracademy.com. Uh, that's where you'll see everything that we do. We have courses, we have membership programs, we have uh, podcasts. Uh, so all this, uh, some of the things already launched, some of the things on the way. So careerhackeracademy.com will be where you'll find me. Uh, the other place can be on LinkedIn. Just literally uh, find me on LinkedIn, send me a personal note. Thank you for listening. If you're dealing with overthinking, self-doubts, or you are on your journey of finding yourself, Maybe you want to improve the relationship with your family, with your parents, or improve the relationship you have with yourself, and you are looking for an accountability partner or coach to turn your low moments into your pivotal moments, then please message me and write me an email, lukewshu at gmail.com, lukewshu at gmail.com. And if you are looking for self-development tools and empowerment, to find your true self and follow me on Instagram. It's instagram.com slash Luke W. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.